No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where King Nebuchadnezzar sets up a 90-foot high gold image and demands everyone to worship it. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refuse to do it. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Daniel chapter 3 on Simply the Bible. In chapter 2, we saw that King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream that troubled him. None of his wise men could tell him what the dream was or what it meant. But Daniel told the king what he dreamt. He saw a great image with a head of gold, chest and arms of silver, belly and thighs of bronze, legs of iron, and feet of iron mixed with clay. As he watched, a stone cut from a mountain without human hands struck the image in the feet and broke it into pieces. Then this stone became a mountain that filled the earth. Daniel said that Nebuchadnezzar was the head of gold. After him would be three other empires. But in the days of the last kings, God would crush the other kingdoms into nothingness and set up a kingdom that would never be destroyed. Now we come to chapter 3, and we see that Nebuchadnezzar has not really taken all of this to heart. Verse 1, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its width 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. It seems that the construction of this image was in defiance to the dream that God had given him. By creating the whole image out of gold, Nebuchadnezzar was in effect saying that his kingdom would not be conquered or destroyed. This golden image was probably made of wood and covered with gold. It was extremely tall and skinny, 90 feet high, 9 feet wide, and presumably 9 feet deep. Archaeologists have uncovered a large square made of brick some six miles southeast of Babylon, which may have been the base for this image. Since this base was found in the center of a wide plain, if it was in fact the base of the image, it would have been impressive and visible for miles. And King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before the image that he had set up. Now Nebuchadnezzar gathered his governmental VIPs for the dedication of this image. Eight classes of governmental officials are mentioned. Satraps were governors of a province and chief representatives of the king. Administrators were military officials. Governors were civil administrators. Counselors were advisors. Treasurers, well, we know what they are. Judges, administrators of the law, 
magistrates would be those who passed judgment in keeping with the law, and then officials were probably the subordinates of the satraps. So given the size of the Babylonian Empire at this time, it would have been quite a crowd of people. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. The worship of this image had both religious and political significance. By King Nebuchadnezzar inviting all his officials and commanding that they bow down and worship it, he was demanding absolute allegiance, both politically and religiously. There was no room for nonconformity. As is typical in a totalitarian state, anyone who did not submit would be severely punished, and in this case, they would be incinerated in a fiery furnace. So at the time when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, in symphony with all kinds of music, all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. The combined pressure of a dazzling visual, impressive music, peer pressure, a kingly decree, and the terrible threat produced massive conformity. All the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the image. Now, we see in this story a foreshadow of things to come in the future. It's interesting that the dimensions of the image that Nebuchadnezzar erected were multiple sixes. Six is the number of man. It was 60 cubits high and six cubits wide and probably six cubits deep. We know that in the future, when the Antichrist is revealed, or the beast, as he is called in the book of Revelation, he will introduce an economic system by which no one can buy or sell unless he receives a mark in his right hand or forehead. The Bible says that this calls for wisdom. His number is 666. Also, Nebuchadnezzar gave the decree that anyone who refused to bow down and worship the image would be cast into the fiery furnace. Likewise, three and a half years after the Antichrist makes a covenant with Israel, he will set up his image in the newly rebuilt temple in Jerusalem and demand to be worshipped as God. And anyone who does not worship his image will be killed. Jesus said this was called the abomination that causes desolation. Third, Nebuchadnezzar created an environment where there was enormous pressure to conform. Now, psychologists have conducted studies that prove that most people would rather lie than go against the crowd. The pressure to conform is strong, and very few people have the strength or willpower to resist. When the Antichrist demands everyone to worship his image, the pressure to conform will be nearly irresistible. And yet, during the days of the Great Tribulation, God will send an angel warning people not to worship the image of the beast 
or to receive his mark. Now, what do you think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did given this set of circumstances? What would you have done? Verse 8, Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Now, the Chaldeans were the chief wise men in the Babylonian kingdom. Earlier, Daniel had intervened to save their lives when he told the king his dream and gave the interpretation of it. After that, Nebuchadnezzar was so impressed with Daniel that he made him the administrator over all the wise men, including the Chaldeans. And then Daniel's three friends were set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. Therefore, it is probable that the Chaldeans were motivated by jealousy and even anti-Semitism. They didn't like Jewish slaves being given such high positions. And they doubly resented the fact that these three men did not submit to the king's decree. They also accused Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego of not serving Nebuchadnezzar's gods. Now, since no gods are mentioned here, they probably had been stewing on this and saw this as an opportunity to finally bring an indictment against them. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego so that they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready at the time when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, then good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? The king flew into a rage because he knew that this act of insubordination was a direct affront against his authority. And if he didn't deal with it, then others would soon think they could also rebel. The fact that Nebuchadnezzar gave these three Jews a second chance to conform shows how much he really valued them. Usually he would have simply thrown them into the fiery furnace, no questions asked. But he was willing to overlook their defiance if they would agree to worship the image. Otherwise, they would be thrown into the fiery furnace. And then he said, who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Now, earlier he told Daniel, truly your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings. And yet how quickly he had forgotten. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. 
But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Neither the external pressures that the king imposed nor the peer pressure of the crowd triumphed over them. Their convictions remained strong. They felt no need to defend themselves. They trusted in the Lord to defend them. They believed that God had the power to deliver them. They just didn't know for sure if he would. Certainly there has been those times when God has delivered people out of persecution, but then there are times when they have died for their faith. But whatever God chose to do, they made up their minds that they would not worship the image or serve Nebuchadnezzar's gods. They would glorify the Lord either by deliverance or by death. Thus, their faith was tested and they proved to be strong. Now, when things are going our way and everything we touch seems to be blessed, then our faith is not really tested. But when we are in a situation where disaster seems imminent and we know that only God can rescue us, then our faith is tested. At a time when the moral compass of our nation is spinning out of control, we need Christians today who are willing to take a stand for what they know is right and refuse to bow to what they know is wrong. May God help us to be such Christians and have the same kind of moral resolve that these three men had. God is fully able to defend us and deliver us. Do you believe this? You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast, and please leave us a review. It helps a lot. Tomorrow we see where Nebuchadnezzar is so furious with the three Jews for disobeying him that he casts them into the fiery furnace but then he sees them walking in the fire with a fourth man. We hope you'll join us as we continue teaching through the book of Daniel on Simply the Bible.